Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is indeed a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on these domestic church media stations and all of our platforms uh, on which we broadcast to you going around the world with uh, the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel. I'm thanking you for being here on this November 12th, 2020, a year that will live in infamy. This has been some year and uh, ain't over yet, as they say. So we have a ways to go. I guess about six weeks left, right, to this year, if we make it. <laughs> well, the Lord is with us. That's you know, The best thing is we know. That no matter what's going on, Jesus is walking with us. And even uh, all the stuff we're hearing about, reading about, the turmoil, the upheaval, the uncertainty, the pandemic, the uh, election, and all this other stuff that we're dealing with, um, Jesus walks with us. So we have nothing to fear. Now, today, of course, is Thursday, so it is Catechism Day. And uh, today in the Catechism, we're going to go to... The section of the Catechism from the Creed that teaches, From thence he will, he will come again to judge the living and the dead, specifically about he will come again in glory. And, you know, we're getting to that time of our liturgical year where we're approaching uh, the Feast of Christ the King, uh, which this year falls on November 22nd, a week from Sunday. And that concludes our... Uh, liturgical year, and then we begin, of course, the beautiful season of Advent to start a new liturgical year, and uh, it's hard to believe we're there already, but we are, and so I thought we'd go to the catechism uh, there, and I thought, and I thought uh, you know, before we do that, after our prayer time, we're going to go into Scripture and go to Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, the first letter to the Thessalonians, and share some of that with you. So sit back, relax. Uh, you know, hopefully it's again one of those one of those dreary days, dreary November days. I think it's getting cooler out now, and as I said yesterday, the leaves have all blown off the trees. We see a lot of leaves on the ground and uh, kind of misty and rainy. You know, just one of those. But it's November, right? It's November, so uh, it's the kind of day where maybe you just kind of sit back. I don't know where you're listening, or you could be watching because we are coming to you live now. We have video today on YouTube, our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Domestic Church Media, also a live video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media, and also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And of course, if you've downloaded our free Domestic Church Media mobile app, you can both listen to the program live on the app through streaming audio or watch the program. You can go right to our YouTube channel on the app and watch the program on your mobile device, all kinds of ways to listen and uh, share 
in this hour together. But first, we're going to pray. And of course, we're praying for our country. And oh boy, <laughs> do we need to pray for our country. Oh, you know, you're hearing so many things going on now with this uh, election results and um, more and more being found out or, uh, you know, we're reading people who are actually signing legal affidavits uh, that are saying about, talking about fraud and, and deception. And so we just put it all in God's hands. And of course, uh, on a um, secular level, let the course run its course through the courts and other ways that we have in our country. You know, we want a free uh, honest and fair election. That's what everybody wants. You know, no matter who wins, if the victor is there because of a free and fair and honest election, that's the important thing. May not be the person you want to be there, but we want to be able to count on and depend our electoral system in this country. Uh, because if we can't depend on that, shoof. So. We've been praying so hard over the past number of months, especially to our Blessed Mother, under the title of the Immaculate Conception. It's under that title that she's the patroness of our country. So we do that now again, uh, praying this prayer that we've sent out, uh, 4,998. You may say, why not just 5,000, Jim? Because, well, we have two of them here in the radio studio that we use, so... We know we didn't send out a full 5,000, but 4,998 because we have none left. Uh, we sent them all out. So that's great. Hopefully people are praying the prayer. So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things. That is, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters. Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse. God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers our Holy Father, Pope Francis, asked us to pray uh, with the, the specific intention of praying to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And of course, we've added the intention to protect our country 
from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you for praying, and uh, boy, oh boy, do we need prayer, huh? And uh, don't forget this coming Monday, which is the third Monday in November already, uh, our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be here hosting his program, Come to the Throne, where we open up this enormous prayer tent that really covers the world because you can call in or text in or email in from anywhere in the world and ask Bruce to pray for you. And actually, if you call in, you can pray with Bruce over the air, and I know he loves that, so I do hope that you'll join us uh, coming this Monday live at 3 o'clock on Come to the Throne with Bruce DeBacco. And uh, speaking of Bruce, of course, he will be here with me and Cheryl on December 2nd, 3rd and 4th. That's our Radiothon 2020, the Radiothon that we originally had scheduled for the first week in April, uh, but because of the pandemic, we postponed it, pushed it back now to this uh, these dates, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Just three weeks from now, we'll be on the air with the Radiothon. And again, my friends, I ask you with all my heart, please pray, pray, pray for us, pray for this apostolate, um, because we didn't have the Radiothon in the spring. It really caused a, uh, an enormous financial strain on our work because we do count on that Radiothon uh, to um, give us about 40 to 45% of our annual operating budget. Uh, that Radiothon, when we have it in the spring, carries us through the spring, through the summer, into the fall as we approach uh, the Christmas season. Well, we didn't have it, so... Um, just asking you please to open your hearts. Please be generous and spread the word. Uh, people, you know, we receive so many, and again, I say this in humility, but so many wonderful uh, cards, notes, letters, emails over these many months uh, that we've had during this pandemic on how appreciative people are that we're, we've been here. And we thank the Lord for allowing us to be here. We thank you. Uh, friends, for allowing us to be here, because we can't be here without you. That even when the church doors were locked and people couldn't get into their churches or go to Mass or receive the sacraments, that they were able to turn on their radio or any of the other means of communications that they use through the apps, through the streaming audio, through the uh, home speaker devices, YouTube, Facebook, were able to stay connected to the church, to our faith, through what we do here. So uh, we thank God for that, and uh, we can't do it, though, without you. So maybe now, as we approach uh, this wonderful season of Advent that's going to begin in a, just a couple of weeks, and we have our Radiothon in Advent, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 
Um, it's a way to say thank you to the Lord for allowing this apostolate to be here for literally uh, thousands and potentially millions of people, uh, not just here in our domestic church media radio station listening areas, but around the world, because we do uh, hear from people in other parts of the, of the world who, who listen and watch and what an important uh, part this apostolate plays. So please mark your calendar, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and we will uh, have our annual Radiothon from 7 a.m. till 7 in the evening. And again, we don't preempt all of our programming. We try to be as, as uh, little intrusive as possible and just come in and out of our programs, you know, weave in and out of our programs and share with you. Uh, but we do have, and we have had uh, very generous uh, benefactors who have already pledged matching gifts. So we have uh, $56,000 in matching gifts, but we have to raise at least $56,000 in order to get that money. So the first $56,000 that we raise in the Radiothon will be matched dollar for dollar. So what a great blessing that will be. And we're hoping to even do better than that because last year our Radiothon, I believe we raised about $166,000. We really would like to hit that $200,000 mark. That'll put us in a good position to end out this year and enter into the new year. And who knows what the new year is going to bring, the way things have been going. But we're going to need media like this. You know, if there's one thing I think we've learned this year, especially this year, is what a powerful influence media has on the lives of individuals. We've become so media-focused, whether it's social media, cable media, whatever you listen to or watch or read, it has an impact and has had an impact. We are there. We are part of the media, obviously. And, you know, with the technology that's available to us now, we're on an even playing field with all these other media. It used to be we just had the radio stations, and we have our largest AM is the one I'm in right now where our main facility is located with 58 or 5,900 watts of power on our AM station 1260. And we reached a good number of people here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, especially now since we got our new transmitter and processor in place. But we can never compete with the large... 50, 100,000 watt stations out of Philadelphia or New York. Uh, but now we can, if we're all on the same uh, um, media platforms like streaming audio, like Amazon Echo, Google Home, YouTube, Facebook, we're at the same, same level. So we can reach as many people. That's a great blessing from God. And as I've shared with you, you know, it's been being placed on my heart over the past number of months things that I believe we have to do to expand that audience, to reach even more people that we can do. But we can't do it without you. So please pray about how you and your family would like to help this apostolate during Radiothon 2020, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And we count on you. And... Um, as I said, we have the first $56,000 raised will be matched dollar for dollar because we have had very generous benefactors who have come forward and have pledged those matching dollars. But we don't get them unless we raise it. So 
just think, I, I, I just imagine who's going to be our first caller on at 7 a.m. on December 2nd, the first few minutes of our Radiothon, someone who's maybe can say, you know what, we can write a check for $10,000, and it automatically becomes $20,000. What what a great start that'll be. So make my day. Make our day here. Make our three days, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, as we enter into the beautiful season of Advent, preparing for Christmas. And you know what we do here during those Advent days, and especially into Christmas, we become your Christmas music station because uh, we play music that really sings in, uh, of Christmas, the true meaning of, of the season. So, but we'll get to that when we cross that we cross that bridge when we get to it. Let's let's go. I thought what I would do today is go to Saint Paul's uh, first letter of Saint Paul to the to the Thessalonians, where he teaches about the coming of the Lord. Now, this should not frighten us. You know, if you, do you remember back in in uh, the, at the turn of this century, the whole Y two K scare? People were so afraid of what was going to happen. They're storing up water and food and 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 preparing for the worst. You know that the computer glitches that would occur around the world during the Y two K, that going from the year nineteen ninety nine into two thousand, would would completely set us back 150 years. Obviously never happened, but people were so afraid. And people are afraid of the second coming, and that's not what people of faith should be doing. In fact, we pray for that. You know, we pray for the Lord to come in his glory. That's our great hope. We, we don't fear that. Well, St. Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, said this in verse, in chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. But we would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another, St. Paul tells us. Don't be afraid of that day. We don't know the day or the hour. In fact, if we go on to chapter 5 of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, he says that. But as to the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need to have anything written for you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people say there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a woman with child, 
and there will be no escape. But you are not in darkness, brethren, for that last day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Just think about, again, our calling, my friends, as true disciples of Jesus Christ, as true members of this mystical body. We are sons and daughters of light. We are sons and daughters of the day. The light of Christ shines through us as we live our lives according to his holy will. The light of Christ shines through us as we go out among our brothers and sisters. Even in these darkest of times, I mean, let's face it, especially in our country right now, between the pandemic, the, the, the uh, unemployment, the economy, which, again, was the fault of the virus. No one anticipated that. In fact, when the virus first came upon us, we, we didn't even know how to, how to respond to it because we didn't know what it was. Basically, we didn't know the effects it might have or how to control it or did the best we could. And I, I, I you know, and this isn't a political statement. I, I think that, that President Trump did a, 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 a fine job in his response. Remember, people, people really weren't talking a lot about this, but you remember every day? that he was on television with his task force, and people were even saying he was on too much. <laughs> he wanted to let the people know what's going on. And when we began to understand the virus and began to understand how to control it, what to do about it, what's the best way, couldn't, you know, now they're saying a vaccine is on its way out, which is great, but, uh, you know, it was something that came upon us that, took us by surprise, and that had an enormous adverse effect on our culture to the point of even closing our churches. But we are still a people of light in this darkness. And St. Paul said that to the Thessalonians and to us. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we wake or sleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see, that to me has been something that I've been praying we would do more of. You know, we find ourselves tearing down, tearing down, tearing down, but we're called, as St. Paul said, to build up one another to build each other up, to build up the kingdom here on earth. We don't know the day or the hour of our Lord's glorious second coming. We don't know the day or the hour 
that we will meet him individually through our own transition from this life into the next. But we won't be caught off guard if we live our lives according to our calling as children of God, according to our calling as disciples of Jesus Christ. Oh, we're going to fall and we're going to make mistakes. We're human. But Jesus, his name is mercy. He came not to send us to hell. He came to bring us to, to heaven and to show us the way to get there. And through the church that he founded, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, of which we are members, most of us listening and watching, and if I have any uh, non-Catholic members listening or watching, welcome, listen. We love you. We want you to enter into the fullness of the joy and the truth of our church. That's our mission. That's the church's mission, to evangelize. That's the mission of this apostolate, Domestic Church Media, to evangelize. We're here, and we exist only to evangelize, only to bring the good news to as many people as possible. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. I know most of my time has passed. (laughs) I have more time behind me than I have ahead of me. But I do know that the call is the same. From the the, the moment of of my uh, baptism into this church, I've been called, as we all are who are baptized into Christ, called to live this faithful discipleship in this life, to give witness to as many people as possible, to bring the light of Christ to as many people as possible. Even in, in the midst of all the darkness that surrounds us, all the confusion, all the deception, all the misunderstanding and the chaos, where we're, we're, so many people, sadly, are so afraid of the world. Jesus told us not to be of the world, but we have to be in it, to bring his light to as many people as possible, to not be afraid to let that light shine, even when we look around and the uh, darkness is so prominent and the opposition to who we are as Christians is so strong that we are called to stand with our head held high, knowing that the Lord walks with us through it all and will never abandon us. Even in these darkest of days, and we are living in a time of salvation history right now that we'll look back on maybe one day if we make it through, (laughs) who knows, and say the only way we got through those days is by the grace of God. We're seeing a situation now in, in, in our country, in our political system, that has split the country in half, that has divided families, that has divided friendships, divided workplaces. We've been praying so hard to our Blessed Mother as the patroness of our homeland. 
to take this country and present it to the Most Holy Trinity. So we have to believe that what's happening right now is happening because God is allowing it to happen only to bring about a greater good. Even in the the darkness of the pandemic, why did God allow it only to bring about a greater good through it all? And when we believe that and we live that, we let the light of Christ shine through us to dispel the darkness of the times. And we will make it through by God's grace. But again, my brothers and sisters, as St. Paul said, the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people say there is peace and security, then suddenly there will be destruction come upon them. But we're not going to be caught off guard if we live our faith and our discipleship faithfully. We have nothing to fear. We're all going to stand before the throne of God one day and give an account for our time here on this earth. No one's going to be exempt from that, whether it's now or 50 years from now. It's going to happen. These last weeks of our liturgical year remind us of that. We're reminded regularly through Scripture, through the Word, in our liturgy. To get ready, and especially as we enter into the Advent season, yes, we get ready to celebrate the the glory of Christmas, but to get ready for the glory of the second coming of our Lord. We've been praying for that since he ascended into heaven. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come back. We need you. We want you. We love you. Come back soon. I'm going to come back soon. I hope you are in just a few minutes. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and teach from the Catechism on the section from the Creed. He will come again in glory. So stay tuned for a teaching from our Catechism of the Catholic Church. America, what have you done for your marriage today? Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. I cooked breakfast for my wife. I came to pick up the kids, told her to stay home and relax. I did his laundry. Made the bed for my wife, because she usually does, and I even put the pillows in the right place. She was thrilled. What have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, 
and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Lahaska to Long Branch. Solberry to Seaside Park. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back. On this November 12th, 2020, my friends, I'm hoping you're having a blessed, blessed day and thanking you for being a part of my day here at uh, Come to Me. And uh, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment. Uh, so before we do that, though, again, please mark your calendar, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, our Radiothon. We had a wonderful uh, Radiothon core meeting by conference call today and getting all our ducks in a row. Going to be a little bit different uh, for us here because um, our most of our uh, call uh, volunteers, people who will be answering the phone, will be off-site. We're working that out so they don't have to come in. You know, the, this virus has changed everything, hasn't it? Everything. But uh, it hasn't changed our mission. And we uh, 
need this uh, apostolate to continue to share all this good news with you. So, again, mark your calendar, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Radiothon 2020. What can you do to help support this work? You know, the image that came to us and that we're using in our any kind of marketing materials we have out there uh, is the, the, the image of a lighthouse guiding the faithful to the safe harbor of our faith. And all of our liaisons, by the way, uh, our parish liaisons, go to the website and check out the liaison page. There's all kinds of materials now available for you uh, if uh, your pastor will allow them to be put on the virtual bulletins, however they're doing their bulletins these days, to let people know um, about that, uh, the Radiothon dates. So check it out. It's important. We need this Radiothon. We need you to participate. All right, so let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is from Article 7. Uh, there's a, a wonderful teaching in the uh, Catechism on the Creed, what we believe. And this is from, uh, he will come again in glory. And this is what our Catechism teaches, beginning with paragraph 668. Christ already reigns through the Church. The Catechism says, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Christ's ascension into heaven signifies his participation in his humanity, in God's power and authority. Jesus Christ is Lord. He possesses all power in heaven and on earth. He is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, for the Father has put all things under his feet. Christ is Lord of the cosmos and of history. In him, human history and indeed all creation are set forth and transcendently fulfilled. Well, that should give us great comfort in these times of chaos, <laughs> in these times of uncertainty, in these times of confusion, in these times of pandemic and Election. <laughs> Jesus Christ is Lord. He possesses all power in heaven and on earth. You know, we've been praying. You pray to the Lord. We all are praying right now for our country to get back to, again, a sense of normalcy. He's not uh, having a, a deaf's ear on our request or a blind's eye. He's, he knows exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it, and in what measure we need it. We believe that we trust in him because the Father has put all things under his feet. Jesus is Lord of the cosmos and of history. Paragraph 669 says, As Lord, Christ is also head of the church, which is his body taken up to heaven and glorified after he had thus fully accomplished his mission, Christ dwells on earth in his church. The redemption is the source of the authority that Christ, by virtue of the Holy Spirit, exercises over the church. The kingdom of Christ is already present in mystery, on earth the seed and the beginning of the kingdom. Uh, you know, We've been hearing the past couple of days, uh, again, reading about our church in uh, the McCarrick Report and the horrible things that went on there, 
how the church has reported it, and even in the midst of all that, how there were things that were uh, covered up, whether intentionally or not. But we know that Jesus is head of the church, which is his body. And so we trust first and foremost in that. And we mustn't allow ourselves to, you know, when remember, uh, I guess it's almost 20 years ago when the first scandals broke and all the horrible things we were reading about regarding the uh, sinfulness of, uh, of some men. And people were leaving the church based on that. But, but that's exactly what the devil wants when things like that happen. He wants us to leave the body. He wants us to go and separate ourselves from everything that we need to get to heaven through the church, in the sacramental life, and the sacred word and liturgy. We mustn't do that. Paragraph 670 says, Since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. We are, are already in the last hour. You see, you hear people talk about the end times. Well, we've been in the end times since that day that Christ ascended into heaven. That began the end times because, as the Catechism says, already the final age of the world is with us, and the renewal of the world is irrevocably underway. It is even now anticipated in a certain real way, for the church on earth is endowed already with a sanctity but that is real but imperfect. Christ's kingdom already manifests its presence through the miraculous signs that attend its proclamation by the church under all things, until all things are subject to him. So we are in the last hour. We are in the end times. We await Christ's return. Paragraph 671 says, Though already present in the church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled with power and great glory by the king's return to earth. This reign is still under attack by the evil powers, even though they have been defeated definitively by Christ's Passover. You see, my friends, Satan knows the end of the story. He knows he's done. But the rain is still under attack, even though they know that they have been the evil one has been definitively defeated by Christ's Passover. The Catechism says, until everything is subject to him, until there be realized new heavens and a new earth in which justice dwells, the pilgrim church, in her sacraments and institutions, which belong to this present age, carries the mark of this world, which will pass, and she herself takes her place among the creatures which groan and travail yet and await the revelation of the sons of God. That is why Christians pray, above all in the Eucharist, to hasten Christ's return by saying to him, Maranatha, O come, Lord, come. That's what we've been praying for for 2,000 years for Christ's return. Nothing to be feared, nothing to be anxious about. 
nothing to to be have any trepidation about. We we pray that that happens. Wouldn't it be beautiful if it happened in our lifetime? Paragraph 672 says, Before the ascension, Christ affirmed that the hour had not yet come for the glorious establishment of the messianic kingdom awaited by Israel, which, according to the prophets, was to bring all men the definitive order of justice, love, and peace. According to the Lord, the present time is the time of the spirit and of witness, but also a time still marked by distress and the trial of evil, which does not spare the church and ushers in the struggles of the last days. It is a time of waiting and watching. And we're coming soon to the time in our liturgical year that is just that, the season of waiting and watching, the glorious advent of Christ, the hope of Israel. Paragraph 673 says, Since the ascension, Christ's coming in glory has been imminent, even though it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority. The eschatological coming could be accomplished at any moment, even if both it and the final trial will precede it are delayed. The glorious Messiah's coming is suspected I'm sorry, suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel. For a hardening has come upon part of Israel and their unbelief toward Jesus. St. Peter says to the Jews of Jerusalem after Pentecost, Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for establishing all that God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. And St. Paul said, For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? The full inclusion of the Jews in the Messiah's salvation in the wake of the full number of the Gentiles will enable the people of God to achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ, in which God may be all in all. But the Catechism reminds us that before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. This is paragraph 675 in our Catechism. It's a good part of the Catechism to study and read now in these last weeks of our liturgical year entering into the Advent season. Paragraph 675. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The Catechism says, the persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, a pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. 
a pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. Paragraph 676 in our Catechism says, The Antichrist's deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realize within history that messianic hope, which can only be realized beyond history through the eschatological judgment, the Church has rejected even modified forms of this falsification of the kingdom to come under the name of melanarianism. Great to deal with the millennia. (laughs) Melanarianism. Especially the intrinsically perverse political form of secular messianism. You know, we hear a lot of talk about a humanist, secularist mentality where we have completely, as a society, removed God and we become our own gods. It's not unique to our time. This has happened before. But we see it now very prevalent in many areas of life, don't we? Is this the end? Is this the, 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 uh, what our catechism is talking about, this deception by the Antichrist, final deception, forms of falsification of the kingdom? Paragraph 677 says, The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. The the kingdom will be fulfilled then, not by an historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. Sounds scary, (laughs) but really, as people of faith, my friends, we have nothing to fear. We see a lot of evil in the world. We see a lot of uh, uh, horrible evil in the world. I was watching uh, the news last night, and there's a a grave site in Philadelphia called the Unknown Boy. And I guess it was back in 1956, they found a, a, a young boy between the ages of four and six who, had, who was deceased in a box, just left for dead, never identified. And they, the, the grave is in, in the city there in Philadelphia. And with a tombstone that notes that situation, that this is an unknown, the unknown boy in the box. God knows who he is. He's with the Lord. But we we see something like that and say, how could anybody ever have done that to a little boy? How could there be such evil in the world? 
in the mind of, of anyone to want to destroy the life of a child, especially anybody, but especially a child, through murder, torture. Evil is present in the world. It always has been since the fall. That's why our loving Father sent his Son into this world for us, so we could be saved. We could be with the Father for all time in heaven. That's why we were created. He didn't create us for this world. He didn't create us for the netherworld. He created us for himself, to be with him for all eternity. This is just the process of transition that we're going through now. We were conceived, and at that moment of our conception, Almighty God infused an immortal soul, created us body and soul. Our parents cooperated with the creative hand of God, and here we are, and who we are. And God, in his love for each and every one of us, created us as his child. Again, not for death, but for eternal life. So all of this that the Catechism teaches about in this section, about the Lord's second coming in glory, isn't meant to, and and the church's final trial, isn't meant to frighten us. It's meant to uplift us, really, to ensure us that Jesus will come again, that Jesus is Lord of all, and that we in our daily life, how we live. If we live according to what Christ has revealed to us through his church, can be assured the glory of heaven ourselves. We mustn't let the world and all the darkness that prevails in the world overtake us and drag us down and, 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 and uh, discourage us. We're going to have those moments in this world, in this life, that are uh, not pleasant, to say the least. But we know that all of that will pass, that we are behind the veil. You know, we're in this world, not of it, but in it, and all that the world has to offer, good and bad. And the world, as Jesus said, you know, this is, Satan is the prince of this world. It's under his, under his uh, um, jurisdiction, so to speak. And we're here to bring that light of Christ into this world of darkness, to call upon the Lord, to come, Lord Jesus, come back. Come back now, come back soon. We've been praying that as a church for 2,000 years. And the only thing we have to fear in that case is if we have allowed ourselves to become separated from him and have an unrepentant heart. Because every one of us is going to have that moment of particular judgment. Even if we, if we you know, I think it'd be great if we were alive when the Lord came a second time. We really wouldn't have to go through a physical death. You know that? If the Lord came today, right now, this moment, we wouldn't have to go through a physical death. But if we do, okay, that's just part of the transition. 
We know it's inevitable. We know it's going to happen. And we know that we're going to see the Lord face to face. And for, for most of us listening right now, you know, we did a survey a few years ago where we found out the, the, our, our audience here at Domestic Church Media, the majority of our audience, uh, I think about 70% of our, our audience, are between the ages of 50 and 70. So even without being alive for the second coming, for 70% of our audience, Jesus is coming within the next 20 to <laughs> 30, 40 years because we're going to see him during our particular judgment, our, our individual death. But nothing to fear. That's why we're living this life, to get to that point, to enter into that glory, to reign with Christ, we're told. Where there will be no more sin, no more darkness, no more death, no more misery, but only pure and eternal joy. That's, I, I pray that this message that is our, the greatest hope that we have in this world to be with Christ forever one day is proclaimed 24-7 on these stations. That's why we do what we do, to give people that message of hope, that Jesus loves you and he wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Now I got to go, and I will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock with Cheryl. We have a great program. Uh, our friend Deacon Anthony Seal will be here. And, uh, oh, I, I can't think of his name. Father Sember, I believe is his name. He's written a book, uh, preparing, it's a book for Advent and Christmas, a great journal type of book. So join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Friday Live. Uh, until then, have a blessed rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Bye.